Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Two of Fantasy Sports Today live on the Sports Grid TV Network. I am Frank Stanfield. Craig Mish will join us again at 12.30. Again, he is live at the St. Louis Cardinals and Marlins game here. Spring training uh, throughout the course of the fantasy baseball season. He's going to be getting interviews with some Cardinals players. I believe he spoke with Paul Goldschmidt and Paul DeYoung. We'll have those for you later on in the week as well. Uh, also coming up at 12.15, Craig spoke to Miles Straw of the Houston Astros, so we'll play that interview for you, and I'll have you know a fantasy takeaway on Miles Straw and the rest of the Houston Astros. You know How can he find his way into the lineup? We'll talk about that coming up here at 12.15. Again, the big news yesterday, Luis Severino is slated to have Tommy John surgery to tomorrow, Thursday, here. He's going to miss the entire 2020 season for the Yankees. Obviously a huge blow for them and for fantasy baseball purposes. Whether you had Severino in a keeper or a dynasty league, it's obviously a huge blow. You can't even draft him in redraft leagues right now as well. Uh, for the Yankees, the way that they're going to fill that uh, fill out his spot is they're looking in-house. That's everything that Brian Cashman has said just uh, thus far. And I think you know, the three names that are definitely penciled in, and maybe four, we could probably throw Jordan Montgomery in that mix. Garrett Cole, Masahiro Tanaka, taking the mound today for the New York Yankees is Masahiro Tanaka. We've got Tanaka time coming up in about an hour's time here as well on the East Coast. Jay Happ is in that rotation. Can Jay Happ bounce back? Because last year, Jay Happ was brutal potentially due to the juice ball, whatever it might have been. Uh, we know that he relies heavily on that fastball, but it was a season to forget for Jay Happ last year. And then again, rounding out the top four in that rotation is going to be Jordan Montgomery with the New York Yankees. Some sleeper appeal. Grab him as a late-round flyer in your drafts. All right, coming up next, we have a news read from Dan Strafford. And then after that, I'll let you know what you should be watching in spring training today here on Fantasy Sports Today. Well, Frank, in baseball, some news from the Red Sox. Chris Sale threw a successful bullpen session on Wednesday morning at Red Sox camp. Sale will now progress to live batting practice on Saturday. He could get into a Grapefruit League game by the end of next week. He's been dealing with some elbow issues throughout the winter and has been sick as well. Justin Verlander has been scratched from his scheduled Grapefruit League start on Thursday due to groin discomfort. Astros manager Dusty Baker did hint 
at this being just a precautionary measure. As Frank just discussed, another tough blow to the Yankees starting rotation. Already James Pax down on the shelf. Luis Severino is scheduled to undergo Tommy John surgery this Thursday to address a torn UCL in his right elbow. Julio Teron has been scratched from his scheduled cactus league start today due to left hamstring tightness. An MRI did come back negative, and the Angels are calling this move precautionary. In the NFL, the NFL did move a step closer to labor peace for another decade. Player representatives voted to send a new deal already approved by the owners. That includes a 17-game season to the full union membership. It is now a simple majority vote of some 2,000 players to push this into effect for this year. ProFootballNetwork.com's Tony Pauline reports people at the NFL Combine have indicated that Philip Rivers will sign with the Colts. Obviously, rumors will swirl. We'll see if that one comes to fruition. The Washington Post's Mark Mass reports teams are, quote, strongly against keeping pass interference reviewable for the 2020 season. For Mass, 21 teams voted against the measure on the competition committee's offseason survey with only eight in favor. In the National Basketball Association, Damian Lillard will travel with the Trailblazers on the team's upcoming three-game road trip. It's hopeful he'll return to the court at some point during the trip. Lillard's been out with a right groin strain. In the NBA tonight, last game of the night, probably the best one, Boston Celtics at the Utah Jazz. The Knicks are in Charlotte to take on the Hornets. Frank Nilakina will not play in that one. I'm Dan Strapper, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Thanks again, Mr. Dan. Appreciate it as always. Frank Stanfield here on Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish is going to join us again at 12.30 to go over some sleepers and busts at the starting pitcher position this upcoming season in fantasy baseball. And we're going to dive into you know the names that you should be watching and paying attention to here in spring training today on February 26th. But there was something interesting that Dan mentioned there from a football perspective that I just want to touch on real quick. I know we have a whole offseason to go. we got the combine. We have the NFL draft. We don't start drafting, or most people don't start drafting in fantasy football until July at the earliest, maybe August. I know Fantasy Taz, Jim Day, is probably somewhere doing a best ball draft right now because he just can't help himself. But Phillip Rivers to the Colts is interesting for me. We know that for all the struggles that he has had the past couple of seasons with throwing interceptions, the one thing that he can do is get the ball to his best players. Get the ball to Keenan Allen. We probably at times wanted him to get the ball more so to guys like Mike Williams, but he throws the ball to his tight ends. Hunter Henry had a fine season when he was on the field. Antonio Gates has had a ton of great seasons in the past. So if Phillip Rivers winds up with the Indianapolis Colts, definitely has my attention because I think he'll at least be able to get the ball to someone like T.Y. Hilton, get the ball to Jack Doyle, who could potentially have a big year if Phillip Rivers was his quarterback. Uh, and then with the running backs, too. Remember last year what the Chargers did, Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler just catching a ton of passes for the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, so we'll see if he can make that happen with the Indianapolis Colts as well. Marlon Mack, not really someone that's used in the pass game. Uh, maybe that'll change with Phillip Rivers as the quarterback, or maybe Naheem Hines will even see an expanded role. We'll have to see when it comes to the Indianapolis Colts potentially signing Phillip Rivers. All right, I mentioned... We have a lot of players to pay attention to throughout the course of spring training. It's something, you know, even before spring training starts, once pitchers and catchers reported, it was something that Craig and I consistently brought up. Here's what you need to watch throughout spring training. Here's what you need to watch throughout spring training. And we have a lot of big names on the mound, a lot of interesting names as well uh, in terms of sleepers 
on the mound today. Again, on Wednesday, February 26th. So I'm going to run through some of these. Jose Urquidy of the Houston Astros. Craig spoke to Alex Bregman, and we played that for you on Monday. And he said he's expecting a big season as, out of Jose Urquidy. And something that I want to do here on the show on Fantasy Sports Today is look at specific players that can help you in certain categories in Roto Leagues and head-to-head categories, guys that you could target maybe in your mid to late rounds. And Jose Urquidy is someone that stands out as a whip contributor, a plus whip contributor going in the middle rounds of drafts. He has great command going back to his minor league profile. He had great command last year. He showed out well in the postseason against the New York Yankees. Jose Urquidy is someone that can help you in the whip department. Uh, Joe Musgrove, also someone that can help you in the whip department as two pitchers who are going in those middle to later rounds this upcoming season. Sean Newcomb. Sean Newcomb apparently is going to have a job in the Braves rotation. It's been an up-and-down career for Sean Newcomb thus far. We've seen flashes of brilliance from Newcomb in the rotation. We've also seen flashes of brilliance of him in the bullpen. With that, we've also seen a lot of his downside struggles Big time with command does Sean Newcomb. So he is on the mound uh, again today, and he apparently he's going to have a role in that Braves rotation. We know that Cole Hamels is dealing with an injury. So, again, Sean Newcomb seems like he's penciled into that rotation and has had upside in the past. Uh, he's basically the opposite of Jose Urquidy, someone who's going to hurt your whip. Again, walks way too many batters, but the strikeouts have been intriguing at times when it comes to Sean Newcomb. Another name here, Jake Odorizzi. What to make of Jake Odorizzi in the 2020 fantasy baseball season? He's someone who got off to a blistering hot start last year. I believe it was like the first two or three months. Uh, He was great, performing like a top 20, top 25 starting pitcher, and then really, really came crumbling back to earth. Had like a month stretch or a a one or two month stretch where he really came crashing back down uh, and then picked himself back up towards the end of the season. He was someone we spoke about yesterday on the show that, analytically, they can't let him go through the lineup the third time, through the order, because teams just figure him out. The first two times through the order, Jake Odorizzi, great, puts up fine numbers. Third time through the order, gets smacked around every single time. So, you know, maybe he's not going to give you length in terms of going five, six, seven innings deep into games, but if they just let him do what he does, which is perform well the first two times through the lineup, then I think Jake Odorizzi is someone who can have value again this upcoming season. Everyone's talking about the Yankees, and rightfully so, the injury to Luis Severino. Someone they need to bounce back, Masahiro Tanaka. Tanaka time, I mentioned, coming up in about an hour here with the New York Yankees. He will be on the mound, and he did not have a good season. Let's just be honest, last year in 2019, the splitter, he didn't have a feel for it. You heard from a lot of starting pitchers that they didn't have a feel for the ball. Based on the juice ball, the laces were kind of done differently, uh, and it threw them off. It threw a lot of guys off. I know Edwin Diaz spoke about how he had no feel for his slider. Similar thing with Noah Syndergaard. Uh, So we'll see if Masahiro Tanaka could get the feel back for his splitter. That's his bread and butter. If he doesn't have his splitter, he's nothing. It's sad to say, but that's his best pitch. And I think you could say that about a lot of starting pitchers. If they don't have their best pitch, they're not going to be great. And I think that's the same thing you could say about Masahiro Tanaka. I'll just run through the rest of the names that you should be paying attention to today. Mitch Keller, someone that I do like. Pablo Lopez, we'll get a report from Craig Mish uh, potentially later in the show on Pablo Lopez. Blake Snell, Noah Syndergaard, Kyle Hendricks, another whip contributor. Sonny Gray, Griffin Canning. Frankie Montas, Luke Weaver, Josh Lindblom, Jeff Samarja, and the Sheriff, 
Chris Paddock on the mound today. All right, when we come back, we'll go to Craig's interview with Miles Straw here on Fantasy Sports Today. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today. Straight ball, I get it very much. Curveball, that's our friend. Yes. Craig Mish and Frank Stanfold. You got to take a view. That's I offer a cigar. Wrong. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today, live on the Sports Grid TV network. Make sure to watch us on Zumo, Pluto, Stir. We have an interactive chat on YouTube as well. I am Frank Stanfield. Craig Mish is out at the Cardinals versus Marlins spring training game. He will be joining us coming up in a little bit, 12.30 to 12.42. Uh, that will be the next segment. We'll be talking some sleepers and some busts at the starting pitcher position uh, for the 2020 fantasy baseball season. Craig goes out to the spring training games, does a phenomenal job, gets audio, gets video at times of players, and asks them the relevant questions from a fantasy perspective that we want to hear. You know, what the, the questions that we need answers to from a fantasy perspective. And that's exactly what he did with Miles Straw of the Houston Astros. Miles Straw, a shortstop and outfield prospect, has phenomenal speed. Still 70 bases a couple of years ago in the minor leagues did Miles Straw. And it seems like he's going to be pegged for a super utility role this upcoming season with the Houston Astros. Our Craig Mish got to meet up with him and talk to him about uh, what we should expect from Miles Straw and some other Astros here heading into the 2020 fantasy baseball season. Game one of the exhibition, Miles, and they got you at the top of the lineup, and I know that's you know somewhere where you want to be in your career. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I grew up, you know, pretty much my whole life, been a leadoff hitter. So, uh, you know, to be on this team and to uh, you know to be there right now, I know it's early in spring, but uh, it's always a good feeling. Um, you know, I'm comfortable in the leadoff spot, so. Uh, to, to be at the top and uh, to possibly get a chance to steal some bases will be, uh, be a fun tonight. Now, part of your game is stealing bases, and your track record in the minor league shows that that's one of the assets that you have. Is there anyone that's helped you through that through the years that has kind of taught you to become a better base stealer or someone maybe that you've emulated? Oh, uh, yeah, just, I mean, working with our, you know, base running coaches, Gary, um, other guys throughout the minor leagues, um, just kind of practicing throughout the minor leagues. That's the, kind of the time to learn it. So uh, to be to uh, to go through that down there and to uh, to kind of figure out that craft has definitely helped me throughout my career. And and uh, just uh, you know getting comfortable and trusting in yourself is what is you know the main the main focus point for me. What's kind of your individual goal for the season? Um, you're able to play all over the diamond, outfield, infield starter I guess inevitably would be what you'd love but with the amount of talent that's here it kind of fits into a more of a super utility I guess at this point oh uh, yeah I mean just to, whenever I get to play I mean I, I soak up every moment so uh just to be able to play as much as I can is you know what I'd like to do but um you know we're all here to to help the team win in any way possible so uh you know whether it's playing the outfield infield whatever it may be is uh you know what I'd like to do we're here with Miles Straw. So, you know, back to stolen bases here for a minute, that being, uh, you know, a big part of your game. 
a lot of people in my world, in the fantasy world, are like, wow, if Miles Straw could ever get 500, 600 plate appearances, this guy could steal 50, 60 bases in the big leagues. But, you know, that's always the dynamic. It's kind of hard to come by. Um, do you think that if you were given that amount of playing time, you could lead the league in steals? Because certainly that's a consensus. 100%. That would be my uh, one of my big goals. Um, like I said, if I had 500, 600, you know, some guys get 700 plate appearances. Um I would definitely have a good chance of, you know, 50, 60, or 70. So, uh, you know, whether it's this year or another year and, uh, you know, whatever year it may be that I get those at-bats, that will be, you know, I think that's definitely something to uh, look forward to. It's interesting because last year when I had your coaching staff and general manager on, they talked so much about you and your ability. Um, now they have a new skipper in Dusty Baker. Has he kind of talked to you at all and said, hey, Miles, look, when you get the first, you got the green light, that sort of stuff? Uh, not not really. I mean, it's kind of just, uh, I think that's, you know, that's something that's going to be given to me regardless of the manager, I think, just throughout baseball nowadays. Um, just because they, you know, they, they know we see different things in pitchers. So, uh, you know, they just kind of give us a good time to go for ourselves and give us a green light, which is, you know, it's very nice to have that. In terms of the other outfielders that you get a chance to see on a daily basis, it must be you know, pretty remarkable to catch guys like Josh Reddick and Michael Brantley and, you know, players that, you know, have have somewhat earlier in their career, you would say, a similar skill set, guys who have stolen bases in the past too? Yeah, I mean, we're us young guys here are very, very spoiled. Um, you know, you mentioned the outfield, and it's not even just the outfield. It's the infield, the pitching. I mean, you can go to, you know, I can go to Altuve or Correa or Yuli, guys that have been here for, you know, years and years, and those are some of the best players in the game. And uh, to have those guys, you know, just to, to learn from is unbelievable. And, uh, you know, Hosey has, you know, he stole many bases back in the day. George, you know, same thing with him. And, uh, you know, when it comes to any aspect of the game, you can you can pretty much figure out whatever you need to just throughout, you know, the coaches and those kind of players. All right, my final one for you is for my uh, viewers and listeners who may be considering taking you in a fantasy baseball draft. Any bold predictions for Miles Straw in terms of your stolen bases and what you think you may do this year? Yeah, I mean, it just depends on the playing time. I think, uh, you know, if I get a good amount of time out there, I'm definitely going to – I'll definitely put up some stolen base numbers. So uh, if you, uh, if that's what you need in your league, I got you guys, whoever's out there listening. Again, shout-out to Miles Straw. Thank you for joining Craig Mish. Great job by Craig again uh, with that interview, talking to Miles Straw, someone who it could potentially be pegged for a super utility role with the Houston Astros this upcoming season, and everybody's trying to find speed in fantasy baseball. We talk about it every single day. I talk about it every day. Hey, I'm pushing these guys up the draft board because I want batting average and I want stolen bases, and those are the most scarce categories this, this upcoming season, like they are every single season. Miles Straw is somebody that can steal bases. Again, legitimately stole 70 bases in the 2018 season in the minor leagues between AA and AAA. And we see players steal bases before and they come up and maybe they don't steal as many. I think Miles Straw is a little bit different, man. I think this guy is legitimately already one of the fastest players in baseball. Probably top five, I would put him up there already, uh, is Miles Straw. We see guys like Springer get called up and Jock Peterson, and they put up these big stolen base numbers in the minor leagues. Even Yoan Moncada comes to mind. They put up these big stolen base numbers because in the minors, it seems like the pitchers aren't really paying as much attention to the base pass. They're working on things, and they're trying to get to the major leagues, and they're trying to develop their stuff down in the minors. Uh, and I think oftentimes, you know, we kind of get misled by some of those, you know, five-tool prospects that 
they can maybe steal 20, 30 bases. But Miles Straw, I think, is just a different breed. He is someone that can legitimately steal. If he was given the opportunity, and I think a realistic projection for him this year is, you know, 20 stolen bases just in a super utility role. Now, if something were to happen to somebody on the team, Carlos Correa has already dealt with a ton of injuries in his career. Core back injuries for Carlos Correa. I think he had a neck injury the past couple of years. He's dealt with a ton of different things. They slide Alex Bregman over to shortstop, or they could leave him at third. They could play Miles Straw at shortstop. They can play Miles Straw in the outfield if something were to happen. Obviously, we're still monitoring that right field situation to find out whether or not it's going to be Kyle Tucker, if it's going to be Josh Reddick. But with that increased risk that players could get hurt with the Astros this year because of hit-by-pitches, Let's not forget the scandal that happened with the Houston Astros. You know, this has been brought up on Fantasy Baseball Twitter that if you're projecting the Astros, you kind of have to bake in that they could miss more time than usual due to hit-by-pitches. Again, guys getting hit by on the hand with a pitch or you know uh, anywhere. It can lead to an injury this upcoming season. And if that were to happen, Miles Straw would get an everyday opportunity. I mean, this is someone that can really, really make things happen on the base paths when it comes to the Houston Astros. Let's kind of just dive into the Houston Astros and stay here for a little bit. The Tout Wars, they have a tout table. And basically what this is, is this is a collection of everyone that's in Tout Wars. They pose a question to the Tout Wars participants, and they have everyone answer said question. And their question this week, and it's going to be published uh, later on, and I'll retweet it. Follow me on Twitter at Roto underscore Frank if you want to check it out. So you get the thoughts of all the different Tout Wars participants, the experts. That's what we call ourselves, right? Uh, when it comes to the Houston Astros, the question this week was, how are you handling them? And are you projecting them differently than you have in the past? And for the most part, I'm not. And I've said that on the show here. I think, you know, for the most part, you know, maybe you bake it in a little bit, again, the ability for guys to to miss time. Maybe you project them for a few less games than you normally do. Uh, But I think that there have been warning signs with a lot of the Houston Astros players, you know, outside of maybe Alex Bregman and Michael Brantley. To me, those guys seem the safest of the group. And, you know, even George Springer seems pretty safe as well. So I'll I'll put him in that category. Obviously had the monster season last year. He's playing in a contract year in 2020. uh, And what he did last year was great. I mean, the guy hit almost 40 home runs in 120 games. Doesn't steal as many bases as we had hoped, but leading off for this Houston Astros team, Springer probably going to give you close to 100 runs, maybe even more than 100 runs. So I will put Springer in that conversation. I think he's pretty damn safe, along with Alex Bregman, who has retooled his swing. He lifts the ball. He pulls everything. It's perfect for the short porch in left field in Minute Maid Park out there in Houston. I don't have a problem with taking Alex Bregman in that early second round range where he's going right now. And Michael Brantley, while you have some injury risk with Michael Brantley, he's safe. He is who he is. You know, you want to talk about specific category contributors, you'll be hard-pressed to find a better batting average contributor going in the middle rounds than somebody like Michael Brantley. He's actually coming out of value right now, in my opinion. Not going to put up big monster numbers, but monster power numbers. But if you take Brantley, he's going to hit 300. That affords you the ability to take someone like a Chris Davis later on in your draft or a Miguel Sano later on in your draft. 
because those guys are going to be batting average drains, and you have to balance that out. A way to do that is with Michael Brantley. But I have concern on some of these other players just in general because Jose Altuve, random power spike last year, past the age of 30, hits 30 home runs, highest home run to fly ball rate of his career, doesn't steal bases anymore. He's dealt with knee hamstring injuries the past couple of seasons. I already had my concerns on this team. Carlos Correa has dealt with a ton of injuries. If he could ever stay healthy for 150 games, he's going to severely outproduce his draft stock where he's being drafted right now. Is that going to happen? I don't know. You tell me. Yuli Gurriel. Improved launch angle last year. Started hitting for power. Always hits for a good batting average. Is that something that's going to maintain this year? Yordan Alvarez. As great as he can be, and I think he can be great. I mean, the upside could be over 300 with 40-plus home runs. Struggled a little bit in the postseason. Pay attention when it comes to the Houston Astros this upcoming season. We come back. Craig Mish will join the show again. It's Fantasy Sports Today on the Sports Grid TV Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today, live on the Sports Grid TV Network. I am Frank Stanfield, and we're once again joined by Craig Mish. He's out at the Marlins-Cardinals game. And Craig, I noticed a few things here. Obviously, it's the debut of Pablo Lopez, someone who was a fantasy baseball sleeper last season. And I noticed that Brian Anderson is back in the lineup. I saw you tweeting about this last night and yesterday that you know he was he got hit with a in the hand with a pitch, and that he's now back in the lineup. He was wearing something protective on his hand, uh, so he's not going to miss too much time, and he is back here in the lineup today. So, Craig, let us know before we jump into some sleepers and busts at the starting pitcher position. You know what you'll be watching for today with the Marlins. It's good to see Brian Anderson back in the lineup here, Craig. Yeah, for sure. And and look, he's someone that they'll be counting on very highly uh, going into the season. He was probably overall their most reliable hitter until he got hurt in August. And it was ironically the same hand that he got hit in that shut him down for the season. Now he has a protective uh, wrist uh, thing going there, Frank. We all need that like pr- protective thing. I'm thinking of like starting a new protective thing company. Um, Kim will start for the Cardinals. I think that from, from in our world of fantasy, I think is a very big deal because at this stage, there was some thought process that he would be a, you know, a middle reliever. They weren't really sure what they would do with him, but with miles, Michaelis yet to throw, uh, you know, think about that. I mean, that I mean, Michaelis at this point is, I mean, I don't know, May, June, I'm not really sure. Uh, Kim is going to probably end up being in this rotation at the very least as their fifth starter. So they're saying that there's a battle there, and certainly they do have some other quality starters there. Carlos Martinez, of course, uh, is is trying to make the team as a starter again, and if not, then he'll go back to the bullpen. But the goal is the starter for him. Uh, Jack Flaherty, Dakota Hudson. I mean, everyone knows the names there. But Kim is the one intriguing name because we've seen these kind of players before. And also, let's not forget – that uh, St. Louis in general has done a very good job on the international market, not just in Asia, but everywhere else. And in fact, the last player that they signed uh, from overseas, if you remember, was uh, was was uh, 
was the uh, the final boss. What what was his what, what was his name? I keep it's, his name. Oh, Sung Huan O. Sung Huan O. Yeah, Sung yeah, Sung Huan O. Okay, Sung Huan O. I should know that, uh, but for some reason it escaped me. Yeah, Sung Huan O. Ended up having a fantastic year as their closer, and then uh, you know ended up uh, leaving and leaving the country and going back to his homeland. But uh, Kim will be the one that we'll be watching today, and then also on Miami side, Pablo Lopez, as you mentioned, will start. And then two other members in the top 100 uh, prospect list are also out here today, Braxton Garrett, and and, uh, and we'll see how Edward Cabrera fail, uh, fares. So that's, that's kind of what we're dealing with today. Again, Kwang Hyun Kim is the starting pitcher for the Cardinals today, and he's vying I'm for one of the rotation spots with the St. Louis right. Cardinals. <laughs> Kwang Hyun Kim is starting for the Cardinals today. Uh, so we'll pay attention to that and see how things turn out there. And, of course, we're doing a starting pitcher preview today here on Fantasy Sports Today. So, as always, I'm going to give you some sleepers, some busts, and we'll start off with my sleepers here, Craig. I've got Tyler Beatty of the San Francisco Giants and Spencer Turnbull of the Detroit Tigers. Now, you're not going to get many wins with either one of these starting pitchers, Craig. I realize that. But recently on the BFFs, we did an exercise. Who is this year's Lucas Giolito? And to me, Tyler Beatty is someone who fits a mold uh, similar to a Lucas Giolito, who has the prospect pedigree, who has failed to this point, who I still believe has some upside. And shout out to Michael Ayato of Pitcher List. Follow him on Twitter at Mikey Ayato. PL. He pointed this out in an awesome article over at Pitcher List. BD was one of five pitchers who had three of his pitches produce a 15% or higher swinging strike rate, joining Garrett Cole, Noah Syndergaard, Zach Gallen, and of course Craig Mish's favorite, Joe Musgrove. So Tyler BD is someone that I'm taking a look, look at this upcoming season, Craig, as someone who's going to be in the rotation, has some swing and miss. The underlying skills were better than the actual performance last year. Started changing up his mechanics. Tyler BD someone I'm interested in. And then Spencer Turnbull is similar. Doesn't really have the prospect pedigree, but can get strikeouts. Last year, over 8Ks per nine. Gets a lot of ground balls, 48%. I like those two things coupled together. Someone that can get ground balls and get strikeouts. That makes it easier for them to work out of jams. He had a 10.7% swinging strike rate last year. Was Spencer Turnbull. And I know he had a really good debut either yesterday or the day before in spring training. So a name that I'm paying attention to, Spencer Turnbull, and Tyler Beattie. Craig, do you have anything on either one of these pitchers? And are you interested in either one? Yeah, sure. I think Turnbull has an opportunity. And again, he plays in the division. Uh, that is a possibility of winning some games when you're looking at playing against Kansas City and Cleveland's offense is not great. And I saw him pitch a couple times last year. And, and look, he's not going to get 10 Ks per nine or anything like that. But I, I think that there's a chance that he could pull off six, seven wins. Um, in terms of BD, you got to remember this, Frank. This is more of a reality thing than fantasy. Um, you know, the Giants failed for a long time here now with prospects. Like, it, it's been a decade, really, since they've called up. I mean, how many guys have they called up from the minor leagues that have succeeded? Yet we've heard a lot about those guys in the minor leagues. And I think BD is one of those guys. Uh, to me, he's mediocre at best. I would not touch him in any fantasy league. And I don't think that uh, he provides a lot of value. Their bullpen's also uh, probably going to be a disaster. I don't see who they'll have in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning to close out games. I don't think they're going to score a lot of runs. I think you're just taking too much risk on there. He's probably a four or five win pitcher with an ERA pushing five at the end of the year. And, you know, Bobby Evans was let go. They brought in Farhan Zaidi, and I think they're going to completely rebuild that farm system. But Beattie was just, to me, a draft pick that did not work out. 
Craig, what do you have against the San Francisco Giants? First it was Kevin Gausman, now it's Tyler Beatty. What do you have against the Giants, Craig? Uh, it's, it's not what I have against the Giants, Frank. It's that, is that the Giants are, are – you, you got to – look, I understand there's, there's going to be gems on every fantasy team, every team. Uh, the, the Baltimore Orioles last year were one of the worst teams in baseball. Jonathan Villar stole 40 bases, scored 100 runs. John Means on that team made the All-Star game, right? Even Miami had a couple of viable players, Brian Anderson as well. But the Giants are in that position, Frank, this year. They're in the Orioles' position. They're in the Marlins' position. They're in the Royals' position. The teams that are ahead of them, even Colorado, are marketably better, 20 games better, probably every team in the division better than them. The Giants have no interest whatsoever in winning this year. And because that is the case, they're going to be unloading as many players as they possibly can. They gave away their two best players. They let Madison Bumgarner go. And they cut Kevin Pillar, who was like arguably a top 20 MVP guy last year. They're saddled with all of these older players and older contracts. And I think that they're going to be chasing down the number one or number two pick. I think they're the worst team in the National League. And it would be an epic mistake to side on any of their pitchers simply because even though the ratios are going to help you, you know going in you're not getting the wins. And if I know going in I'm not getting the wins, I'm certainly not targeting any players on that kind of team as far as the pitchers are concerned. There will always be a gem here and there. Uh, as far as the hitters, but I, I just don't like their squad going into the year. For what it's worth, I don't actually believe that you dislike the San Francisco Giants, Craig. I just got to bust your chops a little bit here on the show. Uh, the bust that I have no, it's at the true, starting though. pitcher I don't, position. No, it is, this... no, it's valid, though. It is true. I, I, it, it's not that I don't like the Giants. Yeah. I think that for many <laughs> years, what they've been trying to do, Frank, is patch it together. They, you know, they signed Samarja. They signed Johnny Cueto. They extend... Uh, uh, you know, Brandon Belt and Brandon Crawford, and, and none of these guys were stars. But, but think about it, Frank. Has any team had more significant losses than the Giants in the offseason? You lose the, the guy who won you three World Series championships, 10, 12, and 15. You lose your best offensive player. Two years ago was McCutcheon. He's gone. They lost Kevin Pillar. And also, what was the only reason last year, Frank, that they were even trying? They were trying to go out with a bang with Bruce Bochy. They ended up letting him go. Their general manager is gone, too. This is a full rebuild. They can't call it that in San Francisco because they got one of the best fan bases in the country. But make no mistake about it, the team has no intention of winning anything this year. Nothing. Oh, and I agree with you. I think the bottom has just completely fallen out for the San Francisco Giants this upcoming season. Uh, someone else who's going to be losing along with the San Francisco Giants is you, the fantasy owner, if you draft these starting pitchers this upcoming season. Trevor Bauer and Corey Kluber. Those are my busts at the starting pitcher position this upcoming season. Say what you want about Trevor Bauer. He's got all the swing and miss, strikeout, upside in the world. He had one season of a 2.21 ERA. Every other season, he has had a 4.19 ERA or higher. I am tired of buying in on Trevor Bauer. I'm out. I'm not doing it. Corey Kluber, uh, obviously a little bit older now. Last year struggled before the injury. He broke his arm. And I think that some of those struggles are real. And he's getting up there in age. And the Indians basically gave him away for nothing. Craig, will you have shares of either Corey Kluber or Trevor Bauer this upcoming season? Maybe Kluber. I'm not, I'm not completely out on Kluber and... And again, it's so hard based on the start that he had last year and the injury. We didn't get a chance to see him. So I would say that maybe a draft or two I would be invested in Kluber. But you're, I think you're spot on with Bauer. I mean, you've got to be taking some huge risk on with him, and I won't go there. 
Yeah, to me, Trevor Bauer and Robbie Ray are basically the same pitcher. So I pointed this out uh, last night. I looked this up. Robbie Ray in his career, a 4.11 ERA, a 1.35 WHIP, K per nine over 11 in his career, versus Trevor Bauer, who has an ERA over four, 4.04, a 1.30 WHIP, and nine and a half Ks per nine. But they have been, you know, the Ks have been up the past couple seasons. But it doesn't matter. Trevor Bauer and Robbie Ray are very similar pitchers to me, Craig. Thank you so much for joining us again here on the show. I know that you'll be back tomorrow. You'll have some awesome sound from the St. Louis Cardinals, Paul Goldschmidt and Paul DeYoung as well. Enjoy the Cardinals and Marlins game, and I look forward to you joining us again tomorrow on the show, Craig. Check it out. Also some uh, info on the ninth inning for the Cardinals, too. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Ooh, very interested in that. Obviously, a closer uh, uh, closer battle, I guess you could call it, to watch here with the St. Louis Cardinals. Giovanni Gallegos, Andrew Miller, Carlos Martinez. Who is it going to be for the Cardinals? We'll, we'll talk about that the rest of the week here on Fantasy Sports Today. Coming up next, we have the Welsh, Chris Welsh from In This League, joining us to talk starting pitching prospects. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today, live on the Sports Grid TV Network. I am Frank Stanfield, and we just spoke with Craig Mish, who is out at Cardinals camp. And I believe we have Chris Welsh, a.k.a. the Welsh, over at the Padres camp right now as well. Want to talk to the Welsh about some of the starting pitching prospects heading into the 2020 fantasy baseball season. Welsh, it's been a while, man. What's going on, buddy? How's everything? Frankie Stamps, what's up, buddy? I am doing very, very well, and yes, I am out right here on the backfields over on the Padres facility, and it's actually cold in Arizona, but we're watching Tatis where Paddock is throwing today, so it's good times. I think that gives us a great place to start since you're out there at Padres camp. I can ask you about Mackenzie Gore. It seems like he is the consensus top pitching prospect, or maybe not. I guess, you know, some people might have Casey Mize ahead of Mackenzie Gore. But, you know, let us know what do you have on Mackenzie Gore this upcoming season. Again, arguably the top starting pitching prospect heading into this season. He has four-plus pitches, threw around 100 innings last year. Um, Struggled a little bit at Double A last year, Welsh. I mean, what do you have on Mackenzie Gore? Uh, do you have an ETA? I feel like that's a question I keep getting. When, when can we expect Mackenzie Gore? I feel like while the Padres have been aggressive with some of their guys, they might be a little bit more patient with Mackenzie Gore. What do you think? Yeah, I think he's the most polished pitching prospect in the minors. I uh, I got to see him in his pro debut when he came out here in San Diego, and from that moment on. I had never seen, you know, a kid his age throw with the command and the stuff. And I remember, I think it was his fourth start in 2017, Nick Ahmed for the Diamondbacks. Gold Glover was rehabbing, and Mackenzie Gore was just buckling him left and right. And this year, what the Padres are doing is they're actually being pretty aggressive. They've got him in big league camp, and the word is that they're going to keep him in big league camp for a while. And it may be one of the last, like the last week of the uh, spring training if he, if he gets sent down. I don't think he's going to get the paddock treatment where he breaks the roster, even though they kind of have a spot 
But I think I think a June or July is going to be the spot. I wouldn't be shocked at May because they believe in him. And that's a big thing. Just like Paddock, they believe in him because this is a kid, like you said, four-plus pitches, immense command, might be, you know, top three in the entire organization, even at the major league level, in command. Gore's going to be a stud, man, absolute stud. Well, someone that I can tell you uh, I will not have on my team this year is Ivan Nova of the Detroit Tigers. And the reason why I bring him up is because we might have a rotation spot available for some of these Tigers pitching prospects coming to the league sometime soon this upcoming season. Again, they have Casey Mize. They have Matt Manning as well. Uh, Casey Mize has the elite splitter, mid-90s, has the whole package as well. Uh, like Gore, he was right around 100 innings pitched last year. Uh, and then with Matt Manning, you know, throws 130 three and two-thirds innings pitched last year. Uh, maybe he doesn't have the same upside as a Casey Mize or a Mackenzie Gore, but the floor seems pretty damn safe this upcoming season, Welsh. So between Casey Mize and Matt Manning, uh, do you expect both of these guys to make it to the majors this upcoming season? Uh, I know things have been you know, a little dreadful here for the Detroit Tigers and their fans, but don't worry. Things are going to get better very soon when it comes to Casey Mize and Matt Manning. How do you feel about both of those guys this upcoming season, Welsh? Yeah, I mean, I'd even argue, I might say Manning might end up being the better major leaguer when it's all said and done. You know, he, in his first spring training appearance, I believe it was on Saturday, or what did it say? No, maybe it was Monday. He came out, and he had Acuna, Freeman, and Riley, and he got them all out. I mean, it was, it was good, good stuff. Uh, McKenzie, or uh, Casey Mize, he got in. I believe he gave up a couple runs, some good strikeouts. The splitter is really great. I remember talking to Jim Callis about Casey Mize when he was getting drafted, and you know, a philosophical thought process with a lot of organizations, kind of like with um, Max Scherzer, is when you get these guys that come in that throw really hard that might have a pitch that down the road could equate to some injuries like this uh, devastating splitter that uh, Casey Mize has, that they may want to press them more to get to the majors so they're getting those innings at the major league level. So I'm turning it all around to say I think Mize is the first one that comes up I think both get a shot, but I think long, long term, Matt Manning might be the better pitcher because I think command is going to stick a little bit harder with him long term. All right, so pay attention to both of those names, Casey Mines and Matt Manning of the Detroit Tigers. And, you know, Matt Manning potentially with more upside. Once again, we're speaking with Chris Welsh, a.k.a. The Welsh. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at <laughs> IsItTheWelsh. Uh, and... Welsh, I know that you host the, uh, in, uh, the In This League Fantasy Baseball podcast. You host the Prospect One podcast as well. So before we move into some other prospects here, I just want to give you the opportunity to talk about what you have going on over with In This League and the Prospect One podcast as well. Yeah, I mean, if people want to check it out, uh, Scott Bogman and I, I mean, we obviously we have the In This League live show uh, right here on SportsGrid on the weekend, three hours people can check. But We've got the In This League Fantasy Baseball podcast. We actually pumped out – we have five episodes this week. We're usually twice a week, but it's been five this one doing ranks, different analysis. And, you know, since we're talking prospects, what people might care about most is my show Prospect One, where I talk a lot about the fantasy uh, uh, angle of prospects. And, you know, I've had Ben Badler on recently, Eric Longenhagen's coming up, Jim Callis. I talked to industry people, and I obviously get a ton of sights on these guys, and I give everybody – you know, my opinion on them and obviously the fantasy slant. So Prospect One and In This League, just search on any podcast apps. 
Yeah, and I can't advocate for these enough either, Welsh. I know that you and Bogman do a phenomenal job, and, you know, they take a little bit of a different approach. Of course, they dive into things. They give you the numbers, but these guys are hilarious, man. You guys are entertaining, so I really, really do appreciate that side of it because, look, oftentimes when we're talking about fantasy baseball, you know, there are a lot of numbers, and it's going to be a lot of, all right, well, we're talking about, you know, analytics, and, you know, it can it can be stale at times. Let's just call it for what it is, and I think you guys do a phenomenal job. I'll also, check out their player debate podcast where they basically talk about two players who are being drafted in a similar range in terms of ADP. I think you guys do a phenomenal job with that as well. A few more prospects here that I want to ask you about. Pitching prospects hitting into the 2020 fantasy baseball season here, uh, Welsh, is Nate Pearson. Everyone's buzzing about Nate Pearson right now. We're not talking about any Houston Astros buzzing either. There is legitimate buzz about Nate Pearson heading into the season, the Toronto Blue Jays pitching prospect. Uh, unlike Matt Manning, Casey Mize, and Mackenzie Gore, Pearson actually made it to AAA last year, got three starts under his belt, and I'm not saying he's going to break opening day with the Toronto Blue Jays roster, but I think of all the names we've spoke about thus far, he could potentially be the one that's called up first of this entire group. Do you agree, disagree, and what do you like or dislike about Nate Pearson this season? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you on that front. I mean, they want to get him in there. He's he's pretty incredible. He's another one of these guys uh, that I saw it here in the Arizona Fall League when he was here, and you know, he pumped in the AFL Championship game. He pumped 104. Or no, I'm sorry, it was the Fall Stars, the little All-Star game. He pumped 104 in. Unfortunately for him, Pete Alonso was here and knocked the thing out of the park, hit it. 380-400, but Pearson's fastball can flatten out a little bit, which tends to happen with guys that can throw, you know, 101, 102, but he's got a really good breaker. He was working with driveline, and he's got, you know, the command has been a big focus of his. I believe in his first uh, his first uh, spring training start, or at least appearance, he had eight swinging strikes on 10 pitches when he retired the side. I mean, he the guy's, the guy's an immense, immense talent, big strikeout guy. Fantasy owners should be interested in him, and He's one of the few guys that's going to get up pretty quick. Yeah, from the Toronto Blue Jays' perspective, they're clearly trying to improve and they're being aggressive. They spent money on Hinge and Ryu, but they could still need they still need some help at starting pitcher. They got some vets in Chase Anderson and Tanner Roark and Matt Shoemaker uh, and Trent Thornton kind of is what he is. But I think that we could see Nate Pearson sooner rather than later when we're talking about these prospects in 2020. Well, someone that we were talking about last year at this time that we thought was going to be the one, right, the prospect heading into 2019 was Forrest Whitley with the Houston Astros, and it was just a complete implosion last year at the minor league level. Had an ERA around eight, uh, only threw about 59 and two-thirds innings pitched, dealt with injuries last year, performance was not good when it came to Forrest Whitley. Uh, do you think he bounces back? Because there's an opportunity here at the back end of the Astros rotation where if he performs well throughout spring and you know early on in the minor league season, that we could potentially see Whitley earlier on than expected with the Houston Astros. So are you expecting a bounce back? What do you think uh, health-wise of Forrest Whitley as well heading into the 2020 season here, Welsh? Yeah, I think he, I think he can bounce back. In the AFL when he was out here, he you know two straight years now, um, you know, I've seen him pitch. His stuff is incredible. Like when he's on, he's on. But he's one of those guys that when he gets off, it implodes. And he talked about a mechanical issue that he found where he was dipping his shoulder and it got really bad results last year. And he was able to correct that here. And, you know, he had a game or two where it kind of disappeared, but he was still getting all his strikeouts. So I, I still believe in Whitley. I think he's a guy that 
I might bet on just because, uh, I mean, he's still young and they may press him, especially if his results are not great early on, but there is a rotation spot. And I think, I think he's got a shot. I haven't given up on Whitley. All right, well, so we've got about a minute left here. Give us an under-the-radar prospect. It could be a hitter, it could be a pitcher, whatever you want it to be. Someone who can make a legitimate fantasy impact here in the 2020 season. Well, just sticking with pitching, I'll just say Spencer Howard uh, over in Philly. You know, this guy, three-plus pitches, great command. Not enough people talk about him. He was probably the best pitcher out here in the AFL this past season. And I think uh, I think Philly is going to try to press him. He played with Team USA here this last uh, this last couple months over in November, December. So I think Philly could give him a shot. I think he's a mid-year guy, so he's someone to watch or stash. Spencer Howard, a name to pay attention to out of the Philadelphia Phillies. Again, he is Chris Welsh, a.k.a. The Welsh. Follow him on Twitter, Is It The Welsh? And make sure you check out the podcast. Again, him and Bogman do a phenomenal job in this league, Fantasy Baseball Podcast, and also Prospect One. Welsh, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming in, man. Uh, Frankie, thanks so much, man. Love it. Appreciate it as always. Again, make sure you check out the work of Chris Welsh and also check out him on the weekend here with Bogman over on the Sports Grid Network. Uh, that's going to do it here today on Fantasy Sports Today. If you want to tune into the Fantasy BFFs later on from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, Greg Sussman and myself will continue talking about what? Starting pitching. That's exactly what we're doing. The part two of our starting pitcher preview. Again, that will be on at 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the Sports Grid. TV network for Craig Mish, for Matt Modica, for the Welsh, for all the producers and everybody involved. Thank you so much for watching Fantasy Sports Today. And remember, stay classy, fantasy owners. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.